Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Open your Bibles again, if you will, to our text passage and verse of verse number 9, 1 John 5 and verse number 9. In just a few minutes, I'm going to go to the Old Testament book of Joshua in chapter 11, and I'll give you time to find a verse there in Joshua 11 and verse number 15. Look first, if you will, at our text verse, verse number 9. The Bible says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Very simply stated, but very important. We believe the witness of men. The Bible says the witness of God is greater. If you believe that, say amen. 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 The Bible says, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. My heart has been blessed and touched as I've been reminded of the wonderful story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that though we are undeserving, you gave your life that we could use me as a tool, as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will for this hour. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Every generation of life makes changes. Sometimes those changes are for the good and sometimes they are not. I do not know of a generation that's made more cultural changes than the generation that we live in now. It seems that everything that we have been taught that is right and good is now wrong and bad. Those things that we've been told are wrong for all of our life and past generations are now not only acceptable, but good. I want to preach this morning on this subject, and I just want you to think and reason with me why I stay with the old-time religion, why I stay with the old-time religion. Now, take your Bibles and go to Joshua chapter 11. There's a very similar passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, again in chapter 3 that we'll see in just a few minutes. I'll read those passages of Scripture, but I want to preach for a few minutes on the subject why I stay with the old-time religion. When you think about it, most everything in our world from the past generation to this has changed. Education has changed. Church has really changed. I mean, what, we, what, we, what we've seen take place in the last generation in church is really hard to imagine that's going on in church today. And I want you to notice what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 11 and verse number 15. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Now let me tell you the story and I'll come back to this verse again. As you know, a man by the name of Joshua took the leadership role of Moses, of the people of God. You know the story, Moses delivered was not only to deliver them from Egypt, but to take them across the wilderness into the land of Canaan. 
Now that was God's purpose. That was God's plan. The land is called the promised land that God had prepared for them. Moses comes to the end of his leadership responsibility and God calls Joshua, which was Moses' servant, to take his place. It's interesting that the Bible does not say and God commanded Joshua. But the Bible says God commanded Moses and Moses commanded Joshua and Joshua did everything he was commanded to do and he left nothing undone. And it's interesting to note that Joshua did what Moses told him to do not because it was the opinion, personality, or plan of Moses, but it was God that gave the command to Moses and he simply gave to Joshua what God had given to him. You see, it never was Moses' plan to take the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. It was God's plan. Never was Moses' idea uh, to take the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. It was God's idea. It was God's plan. And so God gave the command to Moses. And when God makes a command, especially as we look at what we refer to as the Abrahamic covenant, it is a covenant that goes on forever. It does not change by generation. It does not change by leadership. It does not change by the time of year or decade or century. What God gave to Moses or to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, that covenant is still in a fit or not. That's just what God says. That's what the Bible says. And so it was a command and he gave it to Abraham. By the way, it was not a command that was or a covenant that was dependent on his obedience. It was simply a covenant that God had made with the people of Israel. So Moses simply fulfilled God's will during his time and leadership of the children of Israel. When Joshua took the place of Moses, he didn't say, now we'll run this thing the way it ought to be run. Well, it was already run the way it was supposed to have been run because Moses wasn't in charge. God was. Moses just did what God said to do. And so when Joshua comes on the scene, he doesn't make any changes. He simply says, we'll, consent, we'll continue the same path. We'll continue the same purpose. We'll continue the same plan. I can hear a crowd say today, now Moses, uh, you've had your turn, and now it's my turn, and I'll lead this crowd the way I want to lead them. Uh, Joshua didn't say that because it wasn't Moses' idea, wasn't Joshua's idea, it was God's plan. Are you with me this morning? And uh, we understand that uh, Joshua left nothing undone as he continued the leadership of Moses. It's interesting when they get to the land of Canaan, he fulfilled the will of God as they received their inheritance by tribe. And I love what Joshua says. The Bible says, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Now, if you go to the New Testament and you come to 2 Timothy chapter 2, you have uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, who is a veteran preacher uh, that has been working to win people to Christ that gave his life uh, to spreading the gospel. Uh, he is writing to young Timothy. In fact, if you want to turn your Bibles there, you can do so, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, and uh, you can go down to verse number 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Now there's that word witness. You remember we read in our text verse, if we believe the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Uh, I, I've had folks ask me, do you have any good books on the authority of the Bible? I said, yeah, I do. Uh, the best book I have on it is the Bible. Because while we may admire a professor or a scholar or an archaeologist or, or a scientist, while we may admire them and while we may enjoy reading what they have to say about it, they cannot confirm anything greater than what God has already stated when he said, this is my word. So if God said it, that settles it, whether we say it or not. Uh, and we appreciate men uh, who preach the same message as we appreciate Moses and we appreciate Joshua and Paul and Timothy. But here it is, he says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Go to the next chapter, if you will, chapter 3, and notice, if you will, in verse number 14. If you read the first 13 verses, you would see a description of change. He said, Timothy, in the last days perilous times will come. And he describes exactly what's going on in our world today. But he tells Timothy, even though those changes will take place, he says in verse 14, but continue thou in, there's those two words, the things, the same things that have been committed to me, I commit to you. He said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You come to chapter 4. He said in the last days that men will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Ah, but he tells Timothy, look at it if you will, in chapter 4 and verse number 2, all long-suffering and doctrine. You know what he's telling him? He's telling him, Timothy, what I'm giving to you is not my opinion. What I'm giving to you is not my plan or my purpose. What I'm giving to you I got from the Lord Jesus himself. And I'm simply telling you, Timothy, I, I want you to do what God commanded me to do. You know what Timothy did? He did exactly what Paul told him to do. Not on Paul's authority, not on Paul's position or his uh, uh, reputation. He did what Paul said to do because he got the word from Jesus himself. Paul received the instruction from the Lord. He gave it to Timothy and he continues. That brings me to my declaration this morning. That's why I stay with the old time religion. Because it was not given to me of men, though men preached what God had given. The witness of men we believe, but the witness of God is greater. Let, let, let me make another statement. That is why I also, uh, that is also how I declare 
my patriotism and my love for America. You see, America was not founded on personality and opinion and uh, prestige. It was founded on principle. And you'll find that the Constitution of the United States was influenced more by the truths of that Bible than it was any book in all of the world. I love America not for what it's become, but from how it was born I'm thankful for the Constitution of the United States and believe we need to see a revival not in making changes of man's opinion but going back to the Constitution that made America great and will continue to make America a strong nation. Don't turn back to God. It's interesting to listen to all the foolish comments of folks that had no idea what they were talking about as they began to blame people for climate change, to blame somebody for uh, the tornadoes. Can I tell you something? God's the one we better be giving our attention to. And God is the one we better give our respect to and our fear to, for God is the one that's in control. And so I say this morning, the reason I stay with the old time religion, it's because that's what the Bible declares. Now let me define what I mean by that. I mean, first of all, I'm going to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what was delivered to the church, and that's what the church is supposed to declare. Doesn't matter what my opinion is, doesn't matter what my preference is, what matters is what thus saith the Lord about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the way Paul worded that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you want to look at those first four verses, you can. Uh, as I read them, I'm staying with the old time religion because it, I, I'm not rebelling against just the change. I'm saying I just want to do what God told us to do. It wasn't Moses' idea. It wasn't Joshua's idea. It wasn't Paul's idea. It wasn't Timothy's idea. It was God's idea. It's God's plan. God's a creator and the giver of life. And so Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Don't, don't miss it. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. My faith has found a resting place. Not in device nor creed. I trust the ever living one. His wounds for me doth plead. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he'll be living whatever men. I see him not only in our sunrise. I see him not only in everything that has life. He's in my heart. He's in my soul. I received him as Savior. I'm going to stay with the old time religion because I believe the gospel is the need of our nation. It's interesting. It was a gospel. It was a gospel that changed Jerusalem and Antioch and Asia Minor. 
It was a gospel that came west, and you could see it as it made a difference as recorded in history in every generation that received the gospel. It was the gospel that changed you. It was the gospel that changed me and made us into a creature like, a new creature like that of Christ. America was founded as a nation experimenting with the statement, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And as they prayed to him and glorified him, God in turn blessed the nation. It's the gospel that made the difference. I'm thankful this morning for all that the church enjoys, all of the blessings that we enjoy of fellowship and activities and all of the things that we get to have a part in. Ah, but dear friend, without the gospel, we would be nothing more than a social club of men and women. Without the gospel, we would be more than an organization of people trying to do right. I'm thankful for the gospel of Christ. I'm going to stay with the old time religion because of the gospel. It was the gospel. It, it is the gospel that must be declared here in our church. It is the gospel that the church must take to the community, to the state, to the nation, and to the world. It is the gospel that our missionaries have taken to China and Taiwan and Cambodia and Africa and regions beyond. It is the gospel that gives us life within and a purpose and a life worth living. Excuse me while I get excited this morning about the gospel because Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. I love those words that we read in our text. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath life. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. I love those words in verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I don't hope I'm going to heaven. I don't think I'm going to heaven. In heaven is a book of life. And in that book of life, you'll find my name that was recorded there as I received Christ as my Savior. Heaven is my home. I have a title deed to a mansion in the skies. I'm going to stay with the old-time religion. I like the old-time religion. I'm going to stay with it because of how the prophets prophesied and it all came to pass as they said. It's interesting how we believe the witness of men. We'll change our behavior on a weather forecast. We'll, we'll change our plans and we'll change based on what others may say. I was talking to a lady in the bank this week and I didn't know it. I've known her for a few years. I didn't know it, but she was born in and is from Jerusalem. And she said this very special time for me, of course. And she said every year except the last couple of years, I've always gone home for Christmas. And I didn't get to go last year. I won't get to go this year. I look forward to going. Have you been? I said, I have not. Ah, but one day I'm going to the new Jerusalem and I'm going to the new heaven that God is making. Here's what Isaiah said. These words are special. They're no words just like these words. As Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, 
unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. Hey, friend, he's not finished. He came the first time as the Lamb as the Savior of was working to do, to overthrow the Roman government. Jesus didn't come then to establish the government Isaiah is talking about. Ah, but he did come as the Lamb of the world that would take away the sin of the world. Ah, but dear friend, it will soon happen. The trumpet of God will sound. And when he comes again, he won't come as a lamb. He'll come as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will establish the government. And it will be a reign of righteousness. Oh, I rejoice this morning in the old time religion because it is the story and faith in Christ, the Son of God. I'm going to stay with the old time religion because of just the word of God. I believe in the creation of Genesis just as the Bible says. I believe in the law that was given to Moses and I believe as James described it is, it is the perfect law of liberty. I believe in righteous living as the Bible first begins to tell us in the book of Leviticus and how we're to be holy unto the Lord as he established the royal priesthood there. Ah, but in the New Testament he tells me I don't go to a priesthood of man to get to God. He said you are a priest in Christ and I didn't go to or through a man to get to God this morning I myself as you went to the throne of grace as a priest myself as the child of God I believe that and that's why I stay with the old time religion because that's what the Bible says I believe in the prophecies of the Old Testament either they have been fulfilled or they're being fulfilled or they're going to come to pass everyone just as God said they would and Jesus when he preached he said not one jot or tittle will pass to my word is fulfilled. I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the acts of the apostles as an example to the church today. I believe that old book I hold in my hand is the infallible, inspired, impeccable word of God. I don't believe it's just man's idea about God. I believe God has preserved his inspired word in that old book right there. And that is God's love letter from heaven uh, to me I'll just stay with the old time religion you can keep your uh, philosophies that come and go and are popular and not popular I'll take the truths of the old Bible I'll take the truths of the word of God I believe that book of revelation ah oh, what a story it is they told John we'll stop you from preaching we'll put you on the island of Patmos and there you'll die and you'll die a slow death you'll be away from others and not able to preach the gospel I love the very wording of chapter 1 John said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day hey he was not by himself the Holy Spirit of God was with him he said I heard a voice behind me as of a mighty trumpet ah and he said God gave to him uh, that book of the revelation and that book we read uh, ah not like the newspaper this morning that reported yesterday's news we read the revelation of Jesus Christ what's going to happen in days to come 
Ah, there are those that mock and there are those that make fun. Ah, but dear friend, everything God has said has either come to pass or is coming to pass. I believe in that old book right there. That's why I'll stay with the old time religion. I'll stay with the old time religion because it warns me of a literal hell. And it tells me of a literal heaven. The psalmist knew there was a heaven and hell. He said in Psalm 39, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Job understood heaven and hell. He said, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do deeper than hell? What canst thou know? Jesus in his own words speaking, he said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was, and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. That was the preaching of Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Those are the words of Christ. I, I like the old time religion because he warns me of a literal hell. And he also tells me about the wonderful paradise of heaven. I love those words of John as he wrote in Revelation 21, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now John saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We saw it yesterday. We were a little bit nervous, you see, as everybody gets in their place, make sure they stand where they're supposed to stand. And then all of a sudden that music stops. And everybody looks toward the back, and there stands a bride. Clayton went from nervous to extra nervous. I'm glad the only candle not lit was the unity candle. He would have lit every candle in the building if it had been more. There's something special. Oh, the Bible says God's prepared heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. And heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Dear friend, I believe in the old time religion because of a literal hell and a literal heaven. A lot of changes going on. Changes bring insecurity. Changes bring fear. We wonder, who's telling the truth in all of these changes? Who, who do we believe these days? I tell you who to believe. Compass to your life. 
I'll tell you sometimes when life is confusing, a compass sometimes doesn't seem to be right. You may feel like the compass is wrong because of your circumstances. You have been lost or been out in the water not knowing exactly where to go and you use that old compass and you thought, boy, this doesn't seem right. And to many, they've declared this isn't right. Ah, but this is right. It is the truth. I'll stay with the old-time religion because it wasn't Moses' idea. God commanded Moses and Moses commanded Joshua. I'm glad for people like Joshua that had enough sense to say, I'm going to do what he says because God told him what to do. I'm glad we have people as smart as Timothy and as wise as Timothy to say, I'm going to do what Paul said, not because Paul said it, but he's telling me what Christ himself has said. I say, church, let's stay with the old-time religion today. Stand with me, if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, there's never been a time, now listen, there's never been a time that you remember you saying, Lord, I'm a sinner and I receive you as my Savior. There's never been a time that you've received Christ as your Savior. You ought to make Christ your Savior today. You say, I'm not deserving. Oh, that's true. That's right. We're not deserving. That's why it's given by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Jude wrote these words, beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. There's one gospel. Salvation not through the church or membership or behavior. It's through the person of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you need to make a decision of baptism or church membership, you ought to make that decision in just a moment in our invitation time. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word this morning. Help us to see it. Help us to understand. Even in our nation as patriots, it's not a matter of who's in charge their opinion. It's a matter of what that person is supposed to represent in our Constitution. That's our guide. And as a Christian, it's not the individual. It's the truth that they preach that we're to follow. I pray that you'd help us today to make the decisions that should be made in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.